In this episode of the Data Career Podcast, I sit down with data analyst Chris French and we discuss how he went from teacher to data analyst in like two months, you guys. It's absolutely crazy. He talks about how he used LinkedIn, cold messaging, and really utilizes the SPN method to land his first data job and grow his LinkedIn audience a thousand times what he started with. This is the Data Career Podcast, episode 44. Welcome to the Data Career Podcast, the podcast that helps aspiring data professionals land their next data job. Here's your host, Avery Smith. Welcome back to another episode of the Data Career Podcast. I'm super excited for my guest today. It is Chris French. Chris is a former teacher turned data analyst at LPL Financial. Chris documents his journey into the data space on LinkedIn and shares lots of useful tips. He's well worth following on LinkedIn if you're just starting your data journey or if you're like on that path. And so make sure you go into the show notes and follow Chris on LinkedIn. Chris, welcome to the show. Yeah, I appreciate it, Avery. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Hey, I'm stoked to have you here. We were just talking before we got on the podcast. You said your life's kind of a whirlwind right now <laughs> of all these different things happening. I'm going to go ahead and let you tell a story of how you got to know me and how we got to link up in one way. And then we'll dive into how you landed your job as a data analyst after that. But first, from your perspective, how did you meet me in kind of my world? No, I appreciate it. And I, it's funny you ask that because I remember when I was starting out, I know I started pretty much like middle of September, just starting on my journey. And when I started on LinkedIn, I literally had nowhere to go. I had no idea who to reach out to, how to really do much of anything. Just me being a math teacher and wanting to break into data, I found a connection. She was one of your students. Shout out to Courtney Ballard was her name. And we talked for a little bit and I was like, I saw her work and I was like, that looks really great. Like, how'd you know that? Like, where'd you learn? And she's like, oh, I took a class from Avery Smith. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to check it out myself. So I think taking your 21 days of data challenge really got me that jump start into my journey. And ever since from there, it really has a, you it's been a whirlwind. It's a lot definitely happened, but that definitely was the start of my journey was joining your 21 days of data class. That's awesome. So that was like what, September of last year or something like that? Yeah. I think it was the end of September, I think something like that it was like, it was like the one, the first like true course I ever took was your class. Okay. And like, how did you even know before that you wanted to break into data? Being a person, I, who come from like a sports background, I've played baseball my whole life through college. And I just think being in that sport consistently, everything being driven through statistics, projections, data itself, it really was something that I was doing a lot in my life that I didn't realize. So I really have had a huge connection towards anything of that perspective. And then also moving into becoming a math teacher, where just then, like I said before, like using my knowledge of statistics, data, and just talking about math. It just really, I felt because of my previous experiences in sports and as a teacher, that I felt like I, I like data analytics, but I want that to make my career. But I never really knew what that could be or what position that was. And that's where I stumbled upon data analysis as a career. And I'm like, I, this is exactly what I like to do. And I know I'm good at it. So let me go make this a career. So I really feel like I said, the experience as an athlete and as a teacher really led me to this being my career path. 
Yeah, that is cool. So you kind of already had the math background and then the sports backgrounds, you know, especially baseball, not as much now. I mean, still a little bit now, but just like baseball was so, you know, data driven in the past. So that's, that's really neat. Okay. So then did you have a LinkedIn before this? Was it like, just like a, a shell of itself or were you new to LinkedIn last year? So I have had LinkedIn before like five, six years ago. And I only had it for a month or two. I never used it for creating any type of content. I use it because at that time, five, six years ago, I was in the sports training industry. So on LinkedIn, there is a huge community of people in that industry. And I felt mm-hmm. like I was learning a lot from that, but I got off of it because I just felt in that perspective in that industry. There's a lot of people that were very, I wouldn't say toxic, but just wasn't the right environment that I want to learn from. So I jumped out of that. And I think from that event, it was like hesitant for me to jump into LinkedIn to get into data analysis. But I realized that, and in my opinion, it's highly, it's a necessity. You have to almost do it. So I'm like, okay, let me start this up. I just want to get a job. That's it. I'm not trying to do anything crazy. I just want to use hopefully my networking skills to land a job. So this definitely was once again out of my comfort zone and yeah, that definitely it happened quick. A lot of things on LinkedIn happened pretty quick, but just, yeah, just using it and talking to people who have gotten other jobs in other industries, the power of using networking and LinkedIn. And I realized that if I really want to get into his career and lots of other people are trying to get to it too, I got to do something to stand out. I have to do something that's going to get someone's attention and just sending in applications at one after another is just not going to get the job done. Mm, okay. So then, so then you're like, okay, I'm going to get back on to LinkedIn. You're going through your LinkedIn time feed, Courtney Ballard's post, who is one of my bootcamp students. And you're like, wow, okay, this is awesome. I like the stuff she's posting. And shout out to Courtney. Courtney's an amazing student, does amazing data projects. Just landed, not just. She's celebrating one month working, I think, at Wells Fargo or another big bank. I can't remember. As a lead, guys, get this, a lead. She's She was also a math teacher. She is now a lead data analytics consultant, I think is her title. So that's really amazing that she was able to land that job. You joined 21 Days to Data, which was a program that I ran last year and basically a bunch of math stuff, but is that kind of the basis of a lot of the data analytics world that you dove into? Yeah. I never really had any experience with any, like the technical stuff like SQL or any of the Python or anything like that. Just really just some Excel, like doing regular Excel spreadsheets, using my math knowledge to do stuff like that in school setting and in my sports training business was all I've really done. I remember before I dove into data analysis, I was really unsure of what I wanted to get into. So for like two, three weeks before that, I was looking into like software engineering. So trying that out and realizing that to me, doing something like coding just doesn't click right away for me. It just doesn't. So I really found that data analysis while something like now really like something like SQL or Python there is coding involved, but it just clicks way, way easier than something in the software realm. So definitely joining the class gave me a great perspective on SQL a little bit more, Python, which to me, you know, was great to see and just see how much could be done with those programs. And it was really fulfilling to do this work and be like, Hey, I could, I typed a bunch of these words and look what came out pretty much. It was great to see final product of 
this work. So it really got me a lot of confidence. I feel like, especially in that, the coding aspect that I lacked coming into it. Yeah. I, that's so great to hear. I loved running 21 days to data. We're going to bring it back this year in some sort of form. One thing that, you know, you just mentioned that was this program that I was putting on taught you a lot of the tech skills, like the SQL that we talked about, the Tableau, a little bit of Python. But one thing that's, that was really unique about that program and is true of any of the programs that I do is it's not only focused on the tech skills, but it's also focused on the networking. So I created this thing called the SPN method, and it's, in my opinion, the easiest way to land a data job. And I think you're a great example of the SPN method. S standing for skills, P standing for a portfolio, and N stands for network. And you really need all three to land your first data job. And so as part of this, part of this course, we are learning the tech skills. It was meant for zero, right? We're learning Excel, SQL, Tableau. We're building a project the entire time in this course. But then I'm also having you post on LinkedIn every day in this course, which is something that a lot of students gave me pushback on. Avery, I don't want to do that. Avery, this is a data course. This isn't a LinkedIn course, but you loved it, it seems, and you really <laughs> adopted it to it. So can you talk a little bit about the LinkedIn? And because and, at this point, you probably still hadn't really created that many LinkedIn posts in your life before the this course. The first post I made was... The day I signed up for your course, I just made like a, a post saying, oh, I'm excited to, to join. So that was like literally the first time I ever posted and coming from, I'm not that old. Like I, I have Twitter, Instagram, I have all that, but I don't really use it. I don't use it at all. So like doing anything like that is severely uncomfortable for me to put myself out there and post. Cause like, it's just not my thing. It's not how I am, but I will say your course literally got me going on LinkedIn, like literally like the fact that like, hey, every day, here's something to post about. And even if, like, even if it didn't, sometimes a lot of people want to get traction quickly to the posts, but yeah, that's not always going to happen. But regardless, I was like, you know what? I learned this today. I want to talk about it. I learned this that day. I want to talk about it. And what was great. And this is also not like me is I'm very independent. I like to learn on my own sometimes and being in, let's say a class or a group, is definitely out of my comfort zone. So having, being a group of people who are also doing the same thing, encouraging, commenting, supporting each other, got me going way, way more to the, you know what? Like, I don't have anything crazy to talk about today, but you know what? I did work on this in the class, so I want to talk about it. So it really got me the courage and the confidence to put myself out there every day. So I'm very grateful for that aspect because that aspect stood out so much to me. The whole, like at the end of every day, hey, post this, talk about this. And it really motivated me moving forward. That's awesome. Because at the time, do you know how many connections you had? When I started 20, 25, something what, like that. Yeah. What are you at today? I think I just cracked 20,000 followers today. I think. Yeah. I think I was like really close. <laughs> I think you hit it during this right before the session. Cause I checked earlier today <laughs> and you were like at 19. So it, yeah. you're at 20,060 as of what I'm oh, looking wow. at right now. Yeah, yeah 20,000 followers. So you went from, did you say 20 to 20,000? Yeah, 20 when I started, yeah. Okay, so that's, if I, my math isn't wrong, that's like times a thousand or something like that. It's gone quick and I've been lucky to have one, one or two do fairly, post to fairly decent that have caught a lot of people's attention, but it's great to have people want to follow along a journey. And I just try to be myself, be a real person and the ups and downs, just how my day goes or what's on my mind. 
And I just think that's what a lot of people need sometimes when they try and break into data, just being realistic, just being, just being you. And I just feel, I don't know how it, I don't know how it's happened. I don't know. I don't know sometimes how 20,000 people decide to want to give me a follow, but I appreciate every single person that's done it along this way. People sometimes think I don't want to create content on LinkedIn. And, mm -hmm. and I say, well, you don't have to create it. You just document it. And I think that's something you do really well is you just document what you're doing, what you're working on, how you're feeling, your ups, your downs, you know, what mm -hmm. worked for you, what didn't work for you. And that's, that's really, um, yeah, I think it's really interesting for a lot of people and they, they want to be part of that. They want to watch that. I think you've done a fantastic job at that, especially when you're in a place where you, it doesn't really matter if someone knows you want a, a new job or not. Like a lot of other mm -hmm. people maybe won't be able to do the exact same thing as you did because they're going to need, they don't want their employer to know mm -hmm. your employer. If you don't care if your employer knows you're looking for a job, or if you don't currently have a job, the documentation of your job hunt is actually the thing that often will get you a job because that's what shows someone cares. That's what shows someone has a lot of willingness to put in the effort that they have the ability to do things as they're showing it, right? Because mm -hmm. you could have been doing all the, all the effort in the world, but if you don't tell me, how am I supposed to know? So that's one mm -hmm. thing I think you did extremely well is document your whole experience. I think that was fun for a lot of people and they enjoyed it. Yeah, I really, I do tell almost anyone and it's a hard thing to do. And it's like I said, it's come from a person who four months ago was scared to even click post. It's hard to put yourself out there, especially in like the ups, like the ups are easy, but the down moments are really difficult. But I just felt that at, you know, it's, I was told like LinkedIn keep, you know, things professional, talk about this, but I'm like, you know what? I had a great day. Like the other day I created my first like Tableau dashboard that got, that's now being used at my company. And it felt great. It's like, well, I'm just be, Hey, I'm, I feel good about this. I just want to talk about it. Or if there's something that's on my mind where I see something, I just want to talk. I like having, creating content that sparks conversation, relatability. I always like talking to people. I always love when people come into the comments and have discussions in there. It feels really great. Um, but yeah, I just think the big thing is when people are starting out, like, especially if you're a teacher. Or, you know, you're coming, there's a lot of people out there, for example, are teachers, transitioning teachers are a big one. And you need a group of people, strong connections by your side going through this process. So being able to put yourself out there, you don't have to go out there and make crazy carousel posts like, like everyone else. You don't have to do that. You just have to be you. And I'm telling you, it, it, there's no guarantees, but it will make a difference. It'll help you so much more through the process. And during that, during those posts, that's how recruiters were finding me because they were seeing that and like, Hey, we see you working. We see you doing these courses. Let's talk. Like we see what you're trying to do here. So I think just showing the real me and the human side of me, like helped a lot with people reaching out to me for employment. And is that how, is that what happened? Is that how you ended up landing your job was from one of those recruiters? It's actually, <laughs> actually it was just, I honestly cold applied for the job. I just applied cause I saw that I saw my, the company I'm at right now, LPL. And they had a very huge like, remote oriented focus. And I just really, I want to be in finance. I like the sector. I really want to be in it. And in my situation, I, I could be moving very soon. So I had to be a very specific, had to be remote for right now. And I just cold applied and I got, and I just reached out a couple of recruiters on LinkedIn, mentioning the job I applied for, the link to it, and just seeing if they give it a look. And then... The next day I got a auto rejection 
But then I saw the recruiter checked his message, and then an hour later, he's like, hey, actually, we want to take you in for an interview. So it's funny, like, how I guess that happens. Like, I never got a response, but it's showing that extra effort and using recruiters on LinkedIn and doing it the right way will help them because you never know, sometimes you could, they could get auto-rejected by something and then you might look at it like, oh, actually this resume is not bad. It fits what we're looking for. So actually, hold on, let's give this one a look. So I think it's good to always do a little extra work instead of just applying and hoping for the best, doing the extra work, reaching out to recruiters or current people at companies will go a long way. Okay. I'm going to dive into that a little bit deeper. You found this yeah. job on LinkedIn jobs? Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I'm all, I only use LinkedIn. I only did. I just felt everything I need is right there. So that's all I'm going to use. I've had, I've used other websites, but I've never, ever had success with it. I went on LinkedIn. I found it and I went right to their company website. And just because I was at that point getting better responses that way. So I just did it that way. I just went right to the company website and I immediately were finding recruiters. I found a couple from the company and on LinkedIn message. Yes. On LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. So you find the job listing on LinkedIn. You apply mm -hmm. to it on the company's website. You find recruiters at that company, send them a cold message and you get auto rejected by like the ATS or something like that on the company website. But one of the recruiters read your cold message and actually liked you and wanted to talk to you. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> exactly that way. Yeah. Okay. So this is awesome because once again, <laughs> this goes back to the whole SPN method, skills, portfolio, mm -hmm. network, your, your resume was the same resume that went in the cold message that went into the automatic tracking system. And there's probably lots of people listening right now who have applied to a lot of jobs, but I wonder how many of the times they've actually cold messages, cold message, the recruiter about that same job. And mm -hmm. in your particular case, you could still be looking for a job. You could be working somewhere else. Maybe if you hadn't have done this mm -hmm. cold message to you was like super vital. Yeah. I, and I, now if I were to go about it, I would do things differently, but yes, I always would try to especially look for, if I was a second connection, let's say on LinkedIn of a recruiter, I think that would help a little bit, but I always would do research into recruiters and I wouldn't just pick a random person. I had to make sure that the recruiter was in the sector I wanted to be in. Like I'm not going to reach out to a recruiter in sales and marketing when I'm trying to get in for a technical role. So I think like, Doing your research even with those recruiters is important, especially if you're going to a, a large company. Picking the right recruiters, seeing if they're active on LinkedIn. Like I may, I also look to see, okay, this guy has been commenting and posting the last couple of days. Like most likely he will see my message or I mm. probably wouldn't reach out to a person who hasn't been active in three or four months. I probably won't do that because that will most, most likely not work. So I did, I really went in depth with the recruiters and seeing who was active are they in the right sector I want to be in? And I really took the time to do it that way instead of just picking a random recruiter and sending them a message. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's really wise. You also mentioned you wouldn't necessarily do it that way now. What advice would you have for people who are trying to land their first data job? They're trying to network their way and what would you say to them? It's still the same thing, applying and reaching out to recruiters through messaging. But I think something, and I was just talking to someone earlier today about it, is I would try to, even before that, like, engage with, if you're looking for a company, like let's say at LPL and I see a position I want for maybe a day, I'll try to, um, 
let's say, engage with their content or any posts that they're on, just so they could see my name a little bit. And then I'll send a connection request. And then that way, because I had someone ask me about using in-mails through LinkedIn. I think if you have regular LinkedIn, you only have five a month. And most of these recruiters would probably be third connections. You're going to, you're going to blow through as five really quick. So I think like really try and create actual start, like introduction through engaging with them through comments or through a content will help a lot, which will then lead into when you message them, they already know you're, they've seen you, they can have an idea. So it's not just a random person messaging you. So I think if you could think almost like ahead of time. Like in the moment might be a little tough, but if you like pick companies you really are interested in really trying to connect with certain recruiters and start that relationship now. So then when something comes up, that introduction, you don't really have to introduce yourself. You've already have seen each other a little bit. So I think that it's tough when you want to get that job right in the moment, but if you could think, start now, create relationships, then when something opens up down the line, it makes it way simpler, should I say. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We had Asa Howard on the show last week and he said something very similar. He, he basically said, by the time the recruiter, like I actually reached out to the recruiter, they actually knew my name. And so it wasn't, mm. it wasn't actually that hard to get an interview. And then the interview went really smoothly. Mm. You, you guys have very similar messages there. Now, how has, how has the job been so far? Has it been overwhelming? What's it like compared to teaching? Oh, boy. <laughs> compared to teaching. Oh my goodness. It's I love it. I literally love it. I, this is honestly everything I was looking for in a job, you know, working from home definitely was weird for the first week. Almost like, Hey, like I should be getting up at 5am and getting ready to commute an hour into Philadelphia and just sit in a classroom all day. But I love it. My, my team, which was great, which I appreciated LPL through their interview process meeting basically my whole entire team on my panel interview, super helpful. Great people. Like they're very, my team's very split. A lot of them are great at Excel and with stuff like Microsoft access. And some are really great at SQL and Tableau. So I get a lot of great perspectives from there. Very knowledgeable manager is amazing. I love it. It's been amazing. It really has been amazing. And it, I really have a great fulfillment when doing this work, when I'm doing this, the data, the cleaning, creating dashboards, it really, my brain likes it. My brain really likes it. I like the pace and compared to teaching, I try not to talk too negative at teaching, but just, you know, the in increase in pay, the work-life balance I actually have for the first time in my adult life. It's been great. I still miss teaching at some time, just the idea of teaching kids doing math, but the trade-offs, the pros of being a data analyst, especially in my position has been uh, blessing. That's awesome. I love to hear that. And I'm hundred percent with you that I would never want to say anything negative about teachers. They're doing the Lord's work. That's hard stuff, but man, it sure feels good. Not having to be there from seven to seven and the grading and mm -hmm. the annoying <laughs> kids and stuff like that. But, but obviously, obviously we love our teachers. They're, they're awesome. And just to recap, cause I don't think, I don't think I emphasize this enough. September of 2022, you're like, yeah, mm -hmm. I think I want to do this data stuff. I like math. You get back on LinkedIn, you kind of connect with Courtney, you hop into one of my mm -hmm. programs, you learn, you knew Excel already, right? Then you add SQL, you add Tableau, you finish the program pretty quickly. You start posting on LinkedIn, you're starting to garner, garner attention. You're mm -hmm. getting your offer. How many, like what time frame was that? I think the exact November 13th was when I got my offer, 13th, 12th, something like that. It's like middle of November. I got my job offer, which 
it, it shocked me when they called me because I've I, I was getting a couple interviews before that were way different types of process. Some were four interviews, some were like three. And after I got the call after my second interview, they're like, oh, we want to move on to the next step. And I'm like, okay, when's the next one? And they're like, no, that's it. We want to give you the job. But I'm like, you're not going to do it. No way. Like I was in the middle of my class on my lunch break and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I almost hung up the phone with the person. I'm like, no, you're not. You're lying right to me right now. So I just, it went very quick. I, I try to remain confident in myself, but I always wonder like, how did it happen that quick? Because I know for a fact that my technical skills are, they're, they're average. They're just what an entry level person should be. But that's why I overemphasize the LinkedIn and just having the soft skills, like be able to communicate, be able to, and I think I get that from teaching, be able to talk to people, work with others, get in front of anyone and speaking. I just really think that it helped me a lot through the interview process. And I think it helped me click with the people right away. And in my mindset, knowing, okay, this guy is okay at best at doing the technical work, but he's a decent guy who will learn this and become a really great analyst. And I just think from that point on, I'm like, okay. There's, you never know what you're going to get with some job opportunities. Some emphasize some things more than others, but if I could get it in that time frame, it just really opened up a lot of eyes to me of what some people look for. And it happened very quick, very quick. It happened. So I was, I'm not complaining, but everything's moving very fast, but I'm very appreciative of my company giving me a chance. Okay. I love that. And it did happen very quickly for you. And I agree it's, and I respect your skills, but I don't think you got it that fast because of your skills. It's it, 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 even if you were like, in, like very high level skills, I think it's mm -hmm. even hard to know that quickly. And through interviews, I think it's hard to know. And so yeah. what it really came down to is the P in the end, right? Like the SBN method. It's not just the skills. Often people are like, oh, I'm not ready to land a data job. I guess I should go learn more SQL or more Python. And it's okay, okay. that's great. But what about your portfolio? What about your network? Because at this mm -hmm. point, I know you at least had one project from the program to show mm -hmm. off. I just love the fact that you're a living proof of the SBN method, <laughs> that it is really a third. You can't just focus on the skills. You got to focus on your portfolio and got uh, to focus on your network as well. Okay, Chris, anything else you want to say to the people who are aspiring data analysts? They want to they get a job quickly like you. Any last bit tips of advice? I think the biggest advice just come from what I've been seeing is from being on, I know I say a lot with LinkedIn, but good people always want to help other good people. So if you're just being a genuine, you're trying to be genuine, you're connecting with the right people and you're doing the right thing on LinkedIn, like you will meet someone or somebody that will give you that opportunity. Obviously things have to be in line. You obviously make sure your portfolio is good, resumes, all good to go. But at the same time, like recruiters want these jobs to get filled. You know I mean? They really, they don't want to work any harder to fill these jobs. So showing curiosity, being genuine and using the power of LinkedIn really can help you along your journey, breaking in data. I like to have a very structured job search. Like when I went through mine, I obviously, as I said before, I want to work in the financial sector. So how I went about it was. I looked at my resume and I'm okay. Like I want to look at what the financial companies are looking for because usually they have some similarities between them. So I looked into it and I'm like, okay, my resume is now tailored towards these more of these financial sector jobs and what they're looking for. And from there, I would focus on only the financial companies. For me, I want to remote. I want to actually work in a large company and I had a very strict criteria, right? 
as I went along, I also kind of analyzed my job search. So as I gave like a week, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this approach, give it a week, see how many callbacks I get. And then from there, I'm like, okay, maybe do I want to go into healthcare now? Okay, let me look at healthcare and then let me see what kind of, are they similar and what they need in their job descriptions? Are they similar? But for me, I didn't get to that point because I got my role when I did. But really, like, I think having you know, a focus on the type of sector I'm going, like one or two of them and having resume set for each will help you a lot. Because in my, my experience is when you're just throwing your application out to anyone that sets data analysts in it, you're just going to drive yourself insane. Like you're not really going to get any answers of what's working, what's not working. So having more of a structured approach to what you're looking for. So to answer your question, I probably would stick with the field you want to go in and keep it strict, go for what you want to really want first. And as time goes on, like, okay, depending on what's happening, are you getting calls? Are you not? If you're not getting calls, maybe I'll loosen up some things. If you are getting calls, then something's working. So I think if you could really take like this next week or so and actually analyze your job search, we'll go a long way. Awesome. That was a great answer. I, I love that. Stay structured. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, I'm going to have an awesome free masterclass that I know you're going to love. We're going to talk about a lot of things this episode talked about. You can get it absolutely for free at datacareerjumpstart.com training or using the link in the show notes down below. Hope to see you there.